Chris, the dating doc here, and we're going to talk about one of four attachment styles. First one we're going to kick off with is the dismissive avoidance style. Learn how you grew up, learn if this applies to you as a child, how to apply for dating, and then have a special message for both men and women, but that leans a little bit more towards women. Don't want to miss out. Stay tuned. So you're probably wondering, okay, what, why am I choosing attachment styles when I you know, talk about dating skills and, and whatnot? If you haven't looked at attachment styles, it has become my baseline for a lot of my date coaching sessions. In the past, I would do more of focusing on the present, right? L- uh, providing tips and perspectives and observations and then tracking that progress and if there's any bad habits that came out of that, preventing those bad habits from uh, from coming back up. And it was honestly a lot closer to Lean Six Sigma than it was like traditional counseling or ther- therapy space. Now, with learning attachment styles is super important because you're able to find out how one growing up has affected the way they are as a, as a dater and the way that they are in a relationship. We almost forget that you may be one way as a dater and then once you've crossed over the line of you know being with someone for months now it's the nitty-gritty now it's the relationship piece of it so this is this is a big reason why i decided to do this on attachment style so the way i'm going to format this is in between a couple of my podcast episodes i will do a segment um actually i'll do more positive uh, we'll see how this goes i might even do an entire episode on each attachment style. This entire episode is going to be dedicated to the avoidant attachment style. And what's interesting is that it's second when it comes to attachment styles that Americans can identify with. First place being secure attachment at 65%, avoidant being at 20%, and ambivalent and disorganized being at about 10 or 15%. Now, as a review, if you've never heard of attachment styles, Um, I'm actually getting a lot of my information from an audible book that I'm listening to called Attachments, Why You Love, Feel, and Act the Way You Do. It's by uh, Tim Clinton, Dr. Tim Clinton, and a really good read. Now, it does go into a little bit of the dogmatic stuff. So, you know, if you're not a practicing Christian, that will go over your head. Um, For me, I'm kind of iffy, you know, to, to, to assume that, um, I don't know, the information was great, but then once it went into the dogmatic stuff, to me, you shouldn't want to alienate someone and say, hey, um, let me just put in a little bit of a you know religious spin on this, because again, attachment style is something that can be applied to an atheist, agnostic, et cetera, et cetera. But I also don't want to discount the power of prayer, and for those that are you know are uh, subscribing to being more of the christian faith more power to you basically equal love for both sides that's my point so without further ado let's get into the avoidant attachment style It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to quote a couple of uh, sources and how they explain avoiding the attachment style. And then it's your job to converge and find the similarities, commonalities, and how you could apply it to yourself or a partner or possible partner. So um, again, just like I said in the uh, previous segment, uh, there was a survey done and 20% uh, of the U.S. population, um, again, the survey was obviously not every every U.S., uh, not every citizen, but uh, 20% identified as avoiding attachment. Uh, again, compared to 65% being secure, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is this first explanation is c- coming from Positive Parenting Ally, where it explains the avoidant attachment style from the child's general state of being as being not very explorative, emotionally distant. Now, keep all of this in mind. Again, I'm going to repeat this again. The child's general state of being for an avoided attachment style is not very explorative, emotionally distant. And when I picture myself as a, as a kid who was a, I was in the ESL class in second grade. I didn't even speak the language. Now I can't shut up and you guys are all listening to me speaking English, right? But I do remember being very, very distant emotionally as a defense mechanism for the embarrassment of me not being able to speak the language. So again, this this may have not been caused by by parents, uh, may have not been the way that I was raised by my mother, could have been, Um, but I do distinctly remember how distant I was, almost numb, uh, I'll be honest. It was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I don't even wanna feel this embarrassment, so I'm just gonna go numb. And uh, for all intents and purposes, I was a little bit of a mute. I was real quiet, very withdrawn. It's kind of uh, literally sat in my own little corner. Uh, didn't really want to mess with anyone because I, I just couldn't communicate. I literally could not communicate. Um, explorative. Again, it's one of those things where I was, I was very timid. I said, well, if I can't, if I can't communicate, how can I really explore, right? What if all of a sudden... I'm getting too close to the cliff. How can I yell for someone to grab my 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 arm? Right again, this is more not literal. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't purposely uh, looking for cliffs, but what I mean by that was, if I couldn't get myself out of danger because I couldn't communicate, then I wasn't going to really want to explore, and I really kept myself uh, safe or uh, from danger. And then part of that danger was simply trying to speak the language. And it took some style of, uh, of guidance from teachers, from counselors to get me out of that shell. So that's that's one of them. Now, uh, to segue, mother's responsive responsiveness to her child's signals and needs, distant and disengaged. So here's a little bit about my, about my background. Um, I guess since I'm talking about speaking, I'm all tripping over my words, but at least it's all authentic here. It's all, you're getting the raw version here. <laughs> but um, my mom, okay, is old school Puerto Rican mom. I was like, hey, I'm going to cook, clean, and if you get out of line, you're getting hit. 
That's just the way that things ran in my house. And my dad was very busy with work, military, and uh, would come home. And this was before the awakening of, you know, of, of, for example, five love languages, like physical touch and hearing out your kid and how they're doing, words of affirmation, things of that sort, um, and being aware of that, being cognizant of, of, your, of your kid's needs. At that time, and at least for my the way that my, my parents raised me, it was more like, hey, as long as I'm checking the block and making sure this kid is fed, housed, and, um, you know, um, clothed, I guess, then that's it. He's good to go. Is this in the military? GTG, good to go. But now I do remember as a high schooler, how disengaged my dad was coming home. And, you know, he was, he was too tired, uh, to really talk and, and help me grow those life skills and social skills. And we just watched TV and, and, and the, uh, we kind of had like a little guest room. That's the way that I grew up. So I can see again, why I became a lot emotionally distant because I didn't even know the, the I didn't know the difference between emotionally distant or, em, or emotionally close. I didn't even know what that gradient looked like. So by default, I was very distant because I didn't even know, I didn't even know how to measure that. So now this part says here, fulfillment of the child's needs, why the child acts the way it does subconsciously believes that his or her needs probably won't be met. Now, this really fits into what I'm going to talk about in the next segment of how it all connects to dating. But yes, I did not trust that I would get picked up on time. This one time after school, I waited up till two hours. I think I was doing some sort of like Cub Scout or Boy Scout activity. And going back to that emotionally numb, I expected the worst. I expected I'm not going to get picked up on time. So that's what I'm betting on. And I think I did relatively get picked up on time, you know, relatively. But I was actually, as a kid, upset that I was um, picked up on time. Why? Because it was it was kind of like a betrayal of my expectation. That sounds really weird. It sounds like a very negative Jedi mind trick that I expected to be picked up late. And because I wasn't, uh, granted, it was, it was a couple minutes from on time, but it was definitely a lot earlier than a couple hours that I expected. Um... I assumed, I assumed the worst. I was like, ah, I'm not going to get picked up on time. So then I get picked up on time instead of me being happy about it and being relieved and being proven wrong. I was upset because I was in a way proven wrong. Sounds crazy, but that's how we are as kids. And especially at that time as a high schooler. So next section, I'm going to go into as the dating doc. What do I think about void attachments in adults and how that can apply to dating? So I wrote down a list of um, how I countered my own experience when it came to being an avoidant uh, personality, avoidant attachment style type. Um, And 
hopefully you can, this could resonate with some of you and um, you could apply it. So first is what I'm doing here. I'm acknowledging my childhood pain. I'm, I'm sharing this with you um, as a you know dating guru, dating expert. I don't see myself really as, a, as an expert because I continue to grow. I would say I'm a student of awareness and I like to transfer that knowledge over to clients or prospective clients. So, um, but yes, acknowledging my childhood pain because I'm not perfect and it's the struggles and lessons that actually shape us. So acknowledging like what I'm sharing with you is that yes, I was a mute. I was numb to the fact that I couldn't speak the language, to the fact that there really wasn't a lot of hugs and I love yous growing up, um, to the fact that I expected the worst. I subconsciously expected that my needs would not be met. So I, I'm acknowledging my childhood pain. Um, I'm bringing compassion to the parts that shut me down. Right. I, I'm now understanding that I was this innocent kid that was full of love, but wanted to protect it by being very avoidant, very dismissive. And uh, if, if I can add some love to that child. Right. if I were to go back in the future and say, hey, you know, you're a good kid. And if you look at your future self, you're, this is all going to make sense one day. Um, start paying attention to my subtle feelings. That's something that I'm, I do as an adult, uh, especially if I practice what I preach. Uh, lean towards connection in small doses. Enough said. I am literally in the business of establishing connections. Maybe that was a motivator. But um, yes, I, I definitely do, uh, do enjoy making those connections. I like to talk to the waiters and waitresses when I'm at a restaurant because they probably are having a bad day or, or if even if they're not... Um, why not say hi to them and be friendly beyond just uh, the normal greeting? Now, here's some important ones that, that kind of delve more into the dating part of it, which is learning how to compromise in my relationships. Okay. It is a two-way deal. If I am being selfish in my relationship, I have nothing to offer. I repeat that again. If I am being selfish in my relationship, I have nothing to offer. Conversely, if the other person is selfish in their relationship, they have nothing to offer. Okay, that's a shout out to all my MGTOW red pill guys, right? That are like, you got to listen to me. Well, you got to add enough value beyond your looks, beyond your financial, beyond all that. You cannot be selfish in a relationship because guess what? Even if she enjoys his masculinity and how dominant you are, she's going to skip out on you. And then you're just going to be back to your black pill, red pill ways. But going back to what we're talking about, uh, yes, got to learn how to compromise in relationships. Practice sharing small vulnerabilities. A lot of military folks that suffer from PTSD and don't get the help, they are being the the characteristics, I mean, stereotypical characteristics of a very dismissive, avoidant person. They don't want to share those small vulnerabilities. Okay. I did a little small video. Um, actually, we just opened up a, a TikTok, I believe it or not. I didn't think I ever would. And we talked about men's mental health and how you need to be able to be vulnerable. It is just like jujitsu, just like Mixed martial arts, okay? If being, you know, macho is boxing and you keep getting taken down by a wrestler, 
then look at the wrestler as your vulnerabilities. You got to get up on game to be able to maneuver around your own emotions. And that doesn't mean you just start breaking down every time and crying, but you also need to understand what's going on in you. So for both men and women, share those small vulnerabilities. All right. You can tell someone, you can text someone being like, hey, look, the fact that I haven't heard from you, I always assume, okay, follow me, follow, follow this now. I always assume the worst when I don't hear from someone and I'm interested in you. So just seeing what's going on. Bam. Okay. Try that on someone. Okay. I'm going to repeat this again. Let's say you're so used to people ghosting you, but you're interested in someone. And instead of being like, oh, another one. And that kind of leaves you with a little bit of a soul wound. Reach out to them and say, hey, I know you're busy. So am I. But I always expect the worst when it comes to these dating apps. Um, I'm just trying to see what's up with you. And, and, and I just want to share my frustration. Right. Bam. You, you just practice small vulnerability. It doesn't make you weak. OK. It doesn't you know. I know a lot of men are going to feel uneasy about doing something like that because they feel they've given up the power, but just try it, okay? Because you got to be vulnerable when you're past dating and you're looking for a relationship. And if you don't practice that vulnerability, then you're really just a surface person. You're just like, hey, I'm successful and independent, but you haven't really practiced the vulnerability piece. And and there's a lot of strength in that. And it's kind of hard to explain to someone who doesn't want to go there. But for those that deep down need to go there, practice being vulnerable. Um, Last one, which I I love this word, accountability. Learn to own and apologize when you dismiss others. Learn to own and apologize when you dismiss others. Take accountability for it, okay? When you are dismissing others, right? They say something and you avoid, you dismiss it. Whether it's your kids, whether it's a partner, whether it's a prospective partner, own it up. Someone could be telling you about something stressful at work and all of a sudden you just shut them down because you you don't want them to to, uh, talk too much, but you want to be heard. You know what? Take a breather and say, hey, Sorry, I dismissed you. Or you get into an argument with someone and you dismiss them. The most painful thing is not arguing back with someone. Or it's not, um, you know, the fact that you lost an argument. The worst thing is not being heard, to be dismissed. That's going to create emotional distance between you and that other person or even you as a person by yourself. If you are dismissing yourself, then in a way you need to own up to it. You don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to look inside. You don't want to be emotional, but you'd rather be just this like paper person who's just kind of like hiding behind all this jazz. Learn to apologize when you dismiss yourself. Okay. Um, so I think, I think this is a, a good stopping point here. Um, but just to, just to recap real quick, acknowledge your childhood pain, bring compassion to the, sh- to the parts that shut you down, start paying attention to your feelings, lean towards connection, learn to compromise in relationships, practice sharing small vulnerabilities, and learn to own and apologize when you dismiss others. 
Now, I'm, I don't want y'all to get mad, but this one actually goes out a little bit more for the ladies. The reason why is because as, um, as, as a male who's in the dating world, um, obviously my interactions are, are, are with ladies when it comes to dating, right? I work with male and female clients, but I mean, my own personal experience and observations. Um, there are plenty, plenty, plenty of avoidant attachment types out there. And, um, you know, you can appear very well put together, right? And what I notice is, uh, is, is y'all having an inflated sense of self, right? You want to dismiss if, if anyone wants something to say, you'll dismiss it, but you want to be heard out and y'all use a lot of the, Hey, I'm independent and whoever doesn't get down with my style, you know, hit the road, Jack kind of deal. Um, very dismissive. And again, to me, that's that, that stenches, that smells, uh, because I, I can I can sense it a mile away, and, and especially if you're not aware of it, um, you know you, you have difficulty being vulnerable and intimate, but you won't hesitate to to drop your IG or Snapchat, right? Um, many of y'all look good on paper, um, so got it, nice pictures, whatnot, but you're not you're not gonna be ready to get in touch with emotions, okay, in a healthy way. And the, the ultimate thing that I notice is you tend to focus on flaws as a way to justify your emotional distance. That's what I see a lot of. A lot of ladies, again, this applies to men. This applies to men. So again, it goes back to accountability on both sides. But since this is from my viewpoint and, you know, something that I would coach a male client on, and then inversely, I would coach a female client on, you know, the fact that she's being a distant um, attachment style or avoidant attachment style. You want to focus on the don'ts, right? I don't want a, a guy who's like this. I don't want this. I don't want that. But then you go for the wrong kind of guy to justify being an emotional wreck. You're like, hey, if I'm going to be emotionally distant, it might as well be with this kind of guy. But then the real deal guys, they see that in my way. They see that you're someone who looks like they have it put together, right? You got an inflated sense of yourself, but emotionally, you really don't have it going on. And there's some good guys. I'm talking like muscular, tall, successful freaky beaky masculine etc etc all that jazz but they will see when someone just can't be vulnerable they're like okay this woman looks good but she's a hit or quit it i'm just not going to spend any time with her and then the whole time you're thinking as a woman you're thinking oh whatever he was like this and that and this anyway but she didn't even want to get to the emotionally close part you didn't want to be vulnerable you just wanted to kind of dismiss it and make excuses up for why you cannot be emotionally uh, uh, vulnerable because you subconsciously expect the worst. You're like, all oh, men, men aren't, you know what, right? Starts with an S, ends with a T. Men ain't S, T word. Uh, but I'm going to go for, for Chad because I don't have to be emotionally close. And then the skill atrophies and then it's rinse and repeat. And next you know you're a wreck. So you can take offense. This is something that's been studied by psychologists, therapists, counselors. Um, 
take all the offense you want from it, or you can apply the knowledge I just I just spat out and apply it through life. Okay. So, um, but again, this does not mean that men don't go through the same thing. There's a whole bunch of chads too that look very well put together and they don't know how to be emotionally close and they're just looking for flaws in others without even looking at the flaws themselves so yep that's what i got um so yeah if you offended shoot let me know let me know if you're crying about this because guess what that means you're being vulnerable